Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to In the Pink in association with Bose. Thanks so much for the incredible feedback that we had for the one-off special we did remembering Caroline Flack. It was an amazing process, kind of like therapy, to be honest. It was just really wonderful hearing all those stories from her friends. And I hope that it was a fitting tribute to our beautiful pal, Caroline. Okay, so it's a new series of In The Pink and a huge thank you to Bose for their continued support of this podcast. And we kick things off with a Danish driver in Formula One. I've given it away already, haven't I? I am, of course, talking about Kevin Magnussen. Now, Kev is a really good bloke. He's kind of under the radar when it comes to television interviews and social media, but he he's a cool guy, a lovely bloke, and a passionate racer. We talk about his upbringing, the importance and support of his wife and family, talk about coping mechanisms through the COVID crisis and we talk about his future plans because as you well know he is leaving Haas at the end of the season and with options quickly running out throughout Formula One he may well have to leave the sport as well. So here he is, Kevin Magnussen, what a pleasure it was to chat to him. Here he is on In The Pink. Well, hi, Kev. It's great to see you. And, great to uh, see you. I hope you're okay. T- tell us about your headache. What, unfortunately, <laughs> your retirement at the end of the last race. That was a bit worrying, wasn't it? No, not really. I mean, we, we all have headaches sometimes. It's not, uh, it's not the end of the world. But it was, it was just, uh, you know, we were, we were dead last. And, you know, this uh, problem with the gearbox was just really, it was costing me, around six tenths of a second per lap so you know it was pretty hopeless anyway and then you know I started getting really bad headache from from those upshifts that every time every time I upshifted you know I got this big bang our head is is resting against you know a pretty solid um, headrest so every upshift it was like like a bit of a kick in the head you know and you do like I don't know maybe 30 upshifts or so on, on a lap so 30 times a lap, you get this bang. And then after 40 laps or so, it, it was just getting a bit too much. So, But, uh, you know, if I had something to fight for, I would have for sure continued. You know, it, it, it just, we didn't have anything to fight for. 
Um, it was interesting because you, you said, you know, this is my job. I've got to do it. But it gets to a point, as you say, if there's nothing on the table, then all you're doing is, uh, is punishing yeah. yourself like unnecessarily. Exactly. Yeah. So, and and it, they were asking me whether I would want if, if I wanted to uh, retire. And I was like, well, I can't really make that call. You, you've got to make that. I, you know, it's it's not my place to say, ah, I don't I don't want to drive anymore, you know. So no lasting effect. You you don't feel you're not in pain now or anything. Not at all. Not not even you know. An hour after the race, I was fine. It no wasn't right. no drama. Good. Um, I expect nothing less. I know you're a pretty tough customer. It takes a lot. It would take a lot <laughs> to put yeah. you off your stride. Um, okay. So the news, obviously, of of leaving the team must have sunk in. Now you've had a bit of time to reflect. How are you feeling about it? Um, well, uh, yeah, it's, it, it wasn't really such a big news for, for me. You know, it was very expected. Um, I, I knew what the situation was was like in the team, you know, when when the season got delayed already and, and those races got cancelled, that meant, you know, reduced income for, for all teams. And for Haas, that was, you know, as a small privately owned team, that, that was going to hit hard. So, you know, I, I expected some some issues and i you know I, I was you know wondering whether the team would survive at all and the team was you know Gunter and and gene have been working really hard to to keep the team alive so i knew that it was going to be a, a tricky situation and you know at the end of the day yeah they they went another direction and you know in a, in a direction that i can totally understand um, given the circumstances of of the world right now so yeah, not not what I had hoped for, and uh, you know, um, I feel not what the team had hoped for. But at the end of the day, they will they will surely find some some new good drivers that can uh, help the team in the future as well. So now the dust has settled somewhat. How do you feel about your future? I mean, obviously, your options are limited in Formula One now that Alfa Romeo have confirmed. Giovinazzi and, and Raikkonen for another year. Is, is there any possibility you can stay in the sport? Um, there is, there is opportunities. There, there is still open seats, I would say, but you know it's tricky. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't have the, the 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 kind of backing that a lot of drivers have out there. So I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not only competing on, you know, in terms of talent and and what I can deliver in, in the car it's also uh, there's a lot of commercial uh, stuff as well that that has to uh, come with that so I think it's tricky and and also there's not many competitive seats out there and I've now been in Formula One for you know in effect seven years since 2014 and um, I haven't I haven't won a race for seven years you know, and, and I used to, all my career since I was in go-karts, you know, I used to win races every season, at least some races and, you know, fighting for the championships every year. And, you know, that, that, that mentality is what has driven me to, to this point and, and what has given me these opportunities in, in Formula One. And then, you know, I, I miss that kind of feeling and I miss that kind of state of mind where you wake up every morning and what you think about is that next win uh, that you're you're pursuing yeah um and that hasn't really been there for seven years so because in formula one if you don't if you're not in the right car you know your chances are very very slim of winning 
you might have a shot at, at a podium or something. And, you know, it's not impossible. Gasly showed that this year. That, you know, there is that, that chance. It's just so minimal that it's hard to really wake up every day and, and you know, feel that energy of, of, uh, of this mini winning mentality. So does that mean you'd rather go elsewhere and get that buzz or would you stay in Formula One even if you knew it was only going to be fighting for, say, sixth or seventh week in, week out? It's hard, isn't it? Because there's if I could if I could stay with Haas or somewhere in the same sort of competitiveness. I mean, this year Haas and last year, to be honest, the, the Haas have been struggling a lot, but I know what the team can do. And I think, you know, they're capable of being in the, you know, in the top of the midfield. I think they, they are able and we showed we showed that in 2018. We were really, a, a, you know, front runners in the midfield and uh, got fifth in the Constructors' Championship. And yeah, so that kind of level is interesting because then you then you are able to show your your talent and your ability, you know, and, and you can you kind of, you know, try and look good for the for the big teams. And then that dream of winning and that, that you know, you could, you could still say that there's a, a chance that you could get into a, a good team like that. But if you're fighting at the back, then the big teams aren't going to look, look at you really, not seriously. It, it's, gone, it's a very slim, slim chance then. So it's a, it's, a, it's a strange one. And, you know, you've got to look at your options, look at what's, what's available and what's possible, and then see if it works for you. It's, it's, it's difficult. But I, I miss winning. I'd, I'd love to be winning in Formula One, but it's it's it doesn't look easy. No, I bet. It's funny, actually, because we obviously all love the sport and there's plenty to enjoy about Formula One. But there's also like some fundamental flaws in the sport. You know, for example, if you're not in the best car, you can be a brilliant driver and not be able to show it. And equally, the pay driver issue. I mean, do you think... Do you think pay drivers undermine the sport as a whole, or do you think it's the it's the simple economics of it that they're needed? Um, it's it's really difficult to define a pay driver, also because you know I think all all drivers you know bring with them some sort of commercial value. There is drivers that you know just you know pay. Uh, a, a check and then you know get get their seats there's some drivers that you know families have money and they can buy teams and you know really go go f- flat out like that but i think all drivers even the very good ones they they bring with them some sort of commercial value whether it be partners that the drivers have that then follow them into into the teams and and support the teams if they if the driver is the right one and you know so there's there's that for for all drivers i think and it's hard to define a paid driver but yeah i think it's tough when the driver is you know responsible for such a big part of the of the commercial um, package and in football it works easier because the 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 players are owned by the clubs and they, you know, they, the clubs buy them off each other and they go on loans to other clubs. And um, so you know that there will be, you know, you have a value as a player. If you're in a club, then that club will have to sell you to another club because, uh, you know, they need, you, you are value and asset for them. 
So that's not how it works in Formula One, unfortunately. But it, that's, you know, it will never change. That's how it is. And, but motorsport is difficult in that way. I mean, when I, I have to say, I was sort of quite surprised with Hass that both of you were released by the team because there's a sense that if they get two young drivers in who bring a load of cash, that's, that's all well and good. And I remember talking to um, Gunther Steiner about the fact that he had to top up to the weight that, 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 that the cap you know, rather than get down to it, you know, and that's a rare position to be in. You obviously Mercedes have got to come down to meet it. He's got to go up, but surely you need some experience in there. Surely you need somebody like you who's got a load of experience under their belt that can help and guide and give decent feedback. I mean, I look at Williams with, um, with uh, when they went for two pay drivers and it didn't work. They kind of went backwards. Was it Sorokin and Latifi? No, am I getting it right? This, uh, this, this is what happens to your brain when you've been in isolation for too long. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't even know what day of the week it is. But, but my point <laughs> is, surely you need a blend of both experience yeah. and an injection of cash. Ideally, yes. Um, I think you're right. But, but then I think, you know, depending on who, who, they, who they announce, I think there is some some young drivers out there that, that really, you know, are good drivers. I think Schumacher has got to be on the list. I don't know these things. They don't, you know, neither Gunther or Jean tell me any, any of this. Um, so, but I'm, I'm assuming that Schumacher is on, on the list mm. and, you know, he, I, I've met him and talked to him and he seems like a very bright young lad. And, and obviously he's a big talent. He's leading the F2 championships and, um, driving brilliantly so I think you know he he certainly is gonna be you know good whatever he you know brings as a of of you know deals with him but I'm sure just in in the driving and his his ability I think he's gonna be great for the team and then whoever sits in the other car you know yeah I don't know I think they they will need someone that brings um some sort of package with him and and I don't know who that's gonna be but it would surely be better if you have some experience, but I'm just saying, I think there's some young drivers, Schumacher included, that could, you know, make up for that and, yeah. and get on, on top of it quickly. Yeah, okay. Um, I think it was I think it was Sorokin and Stroll I was thinking of in Williams. Yeah, yeah. They partnered them together. Okay, good. <laughs> um, what's your relationship with Gunther like? Because you seem very sort of phlegmatic about all of this. You seem very respectful and... Um, not bitter or angry in any way. You, you haven't sort of publicly slated them. You've been quite understanding of their situation. Is that a reflection of your relationship with him or with the team generally? Because you've kind of, you have been with them for some time now. Yeah, I think they've just, um, you know, Gunther and, and Jean have, you know, they, they've both always treated me very well and been very frank with me and, you know, honest. And it's just been a very you know, transparent and an easygoing relationship from, from the beginning. You know, I, I was with Renault uh, in 2016 and uh, I started speaking. Well, I, I spoke to Gunther and Jean the first time in 2015, I think. Yeah, 15. And that was, we spoke about me joining them uh, for, the, for, for 2016 for the first year. 
uh, that didn't happen. I, I went with with Renault. Then I had that season with Renault, and we started talking again. And I had an option to stay with Renault for another year, but then Gunther approached me and and offered me a, a two year deal. So I, you know, and and they and Gunther and Jean were very keen, and I just felt a, a big commitment for them. Uh, so I, I felt that that would be a better environment to be in where, you know, Renault was a little bit uncertain. There was a lot of drivers on their list and they weren't as kind of focused as I felt um, Gunther Jin was. So I, I went with them and it was such an easy deal to do. You know, it was just like they wanted me, I wanted them. And, you know, off we went and there was no, no BS. You know, it was very, very easy. And I just, you know, that's been the whole those four years of all you know it's just been very easy and and there's not been any there's, there's no real politics it's a it's a real racing team you know it's a bit like dealing with you know a good old formula three team or something you know in in terms of that you know how direct the management works and there's not a whole big cooperation behind with the whole board of uh, of people uh, trying to make decisions it's it's pretty easy in that regard so and yeah, you know, now we're in this situation, and and as you said, I I, I am pretty, you know, frank and kind of yeah, understanding of of the situation. Um, I think I, I understand what what you know what they need and what kind of situation they're in, and you know what can I what can I do? You know, I understand, so there's no reason to be bitter. The world continues to evolve, and the new norm isn't fully clear yet. But what does remain constant is the core message from our friends at Bose. Stay calm, stay centred and stay connected. Communication is key in everything we do and goes a long way to nurturing both ourselves and our relationships with others. So continue to talk about what matters to you. And don't be afraid to block out unhelpful noise or indeed to embrace silence because doing both can be great. Some of the ways we work will have changed forever. Embrace that. Make those new ways work for you. Shape the new norm to suit you. Feel more, do more, be more with Bose. It really strikes me that you hate the politics of Formula One. I mean, you've touched on it there. There is so much of that that swirls around and detracts from what you're really there to do, which is race. Yeah, there, there is. And, you know, I'm not, I don't, I think there is that kind of thing in all sort of big sports, you know, I'm sure there is in football and boxing and, you know, also these top sports, there, there would be this kind of thing around because it's, it's all very commercial and there's a lot of money involved and it, it's a big business. Mm. Um, but yeah, me as a sports man and a, a racing driver I would you know I, I prefer to just be be what I am a racing driver you know and a, and, a, and apart from that just a normal normal guy you know and uh... one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why United Healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I don't, I don't do well with, with, um, you know, I cannot, I, I am, I am who I am and, and, you know, I struggle if I don't, if I feel that, that there is uh, you know, sometimes you can, you can sense or some sort of like fakeness and people not being honest. And that's what that I struggle with that. I prefer that people just tell you if they're, if they're unhappy or if they're happy and, you know, with the job I'm doing and, and uh, that's certainly been the case in, in Haas. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, how how would you sort of summarise the season so far with Haas? If we're looking back at some of your races, there's been moments of brilliance, I'd say at the starts. Like, what is it about your starts? <laughs> is, that, is that like a self-fulfilling prophecy now? You're like, everyone's expecting me to start well, and I can start well, yeah. so I start well. Exactly. I mean, it's become a pretty... Um, there's, there's, some pressure building up around those first laps now because uh, I've done so many of them this year and uh, yeah so but it's fine I mean it, I, I enjoy it it's become you know something that I can get excited about you know these first laps because we, we don't have the pace this year to do much you know in, in the races we have, we're relying on on sort of you know some extraordinary things uh, happening and if we if there's just a normal race you know one stop uh, no safety cars and no no weather coming in. It's got it, then it's very very tricky for us to do anything. So we we are relying on these like you know slightly out of the out of the ordinary things to happen like safety cars, red flags, weather stuff like that. And when we scored points in um, in Hungary, that was what happened. There was a weather change and we we took an opportunity. We we actually got penalized for it because we were speaking on the radio and yeah. So, but anyway, it paid off and we scored a point there, uh, even though we finished on the road ninth, but um, that's, that's really the, the theme of this year is to really take risks because we just, there's no, nothing to gain from 11th and down to 20th, just zero. There's nothing. And uh, you know, that means if you're, if you're in that end, bottom end of the, of the grid, you need to, you need to take a lot of risk. So that goes for the first lap as well. But, you know, I do find it quite depressing that you're kind of having to celebrate a ninth place when you, when you, as you've touched on, look at your World Series by Renault record of what, five wins, six, in fact, if you hadn't been disqualified for one of them. But, you know, it, it doesn't seem right that, that you're no. just fighting for the single point here and there. And that's the highlight of the season. Yeah, it's, I mean... It's very, very difficult to, to motivate yourself for, for that. I mean, and it's become easier because I have such a good relationship with the team and, you know, I feel like a team. I don't feel like I'm a driver, yeah. you know, 
driving from from one team and then that you know it's not two two separate things we're, we're one team yeah and you know we feel all those emotions together and i think when we do well we you know we're all we're all in that together and we feel good about it. We, we feel good about it together um and so it's it's a little bit that helps with that motivation and then of course you know i i have been dreaming about formula one and and getting success in formula one since i was a little kid so you know i'm still in that i'm still in the sport and i'm still racing in formula one cars so there's a lot of things that that, that is there to motivate you but as you said before i got to formula one in, in that 2013 season i was on the podium i think 14 or 15 times out of 17 races and you know every weekend there was that chance of winning races and i won six and you know i won the championship and before that in f3 in british f3 I, I won races you know a lot of times there and you know, finished second in the in the championship but uh, was always fighting all the way through the season with that championship in in mind and um it's tough when you when you don't have any chance of that you know so and i miss that a lot so aside from the obvious power deficit with with the engine what do you think has been the problem this year because you've obviously got the talent and you feel particularly on past performances that the car is capable of more what what do you think is missing this year well this year i don't think the the car is capable of of more i think we're getting a lot out of it i, I do think we have you know we've we've been hindered by all of this the crisis that we are in so we we haven't been developing the car at all this year there's not been one upgrade we're still running parts actual parts that we were running in winter testing you know that haven't even been changed so you know it's been a, a real um sort of a strange year that in in that we haven't touched the car we, we've made a lot of progress on setup we keep finding a little bit more and actually we've got to a point where the car is really handling very well um, because we've refined it and we've got the very best out of this car, but we need new, we need more, you know, downfalls and we need more power and, you know, those things are really holding us back. So I don't think that this year's car has a lot more potential. It would have if we were developing it and putting more downfalls on. And, um, but I think, yeah, the, I, I don't think that's going to be until 22 when the new cars come that we that that house will have a, a great chance of of moving up again unless oh, you know I, it's sad to hear you say house instead of we you nearly said we <laughs> and corrected yourself oh i mean yeah. look there, there, there's obviously lots of options out there aside from formula one for you and your future and i remember you i remember you driving the dirt car it was it last year the tony stewart yeah. car at um the carolina speedway like you just yeah. have a passion for racing pretty much anything don't you I do, yeah. I, I mean, I, I grew up in a in a motorsport family. You know, it's it's there's so many motorsport passionists in in my family. You know, my dad has been Formula One. He's still racing. He, as a, you know, he's still. I might race with him in the in the future. You know, against him or with him, I don't know. But it's uh, it, it's very very passionate family. Um, and and my granddad is. You know, he was a motorcycle fanatic and and build build cars himself and uh, you know my uncle my cousins two cousins my brother <laughs> it's 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 all you know racing and uh, and so yeah i have a lot of passion and 
it's basically been my life all my life I mean do you think that was your destiny there do you think it's in your DNA was it was there ever going to be another course for you in life other than racing I've certainly never felt uh, <laughs> that there was any other cause I mean you know, as a as a kid, especially that motorsport was all I all, all I had. It was you know, it was all that I was interested in. I, I couldn't see anything else of value in in life other than motorsport. Which now I'm, I, I grew up. I'm now a married man, and you know, I have you know, I have other values in life and things that mean just as much to me as as motorsport. But you know, it's uh, it it really has been the you know the the theme of my life and uh, you know i started driving go-karts when i was two years old and you know i had an uncle that uh, was super uh, ambitious on my behalf uh, my, my dad as well but especially my uncle and you know it was just yeah it was in the cards that i was gonna you know my uncle did this thing with my dad they did it together and all the way through karting and they traveled europe together and then my dad went on to you know he, he then made it as a as a professional driver and my uncle got sidelined a little bit so it was perfect for my uncle that that my dad then had a a boy uh, that he could do it all with all over again so you know it yeah it was very much in the cards that's so nice and what about your wife what did she think of formula one is she a fan was she a fan before she met you or is she kind of opening her mind to the world yeah, she 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 didn't she didn't know much about it, and uh, she is from a family that never watched uh, motorsport, had no idea about it. So yeah, she's uh, she's had to learn a lot of things. But I, you know, I have to say she she's very for for a non you know motorsport fan, she's learned a lot, and you know she's someone that uh, of course when you know when her husband is racing in Formula One, it's uh, only natural that she's watching it and you know cheering on cheering for me. Um, so yeah, it's 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 good. It's also good not to you know, as I said, all of my family, you know, all we talk about is motorsport. Mm. So it would be just too much if my wife was like a you know petrolhead as well. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet it's refreshing that she doesn't bombard you. Like when you, particularly this season, when you're coming back for some tough weekends, it must be nice to sort of decompress and just talk about anything other than racing. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 really important because uh, even though, you know, how much how how much I love it, you know, it, it still can get too much, you know. And and you're so focused during the weekends, and you 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 exhausted after that weekend because um, all your energy has been put into trying to find little, you know, uh, setup tweaks or you know refining your your driving on, on track and those things so when you get off a weekend like that you just want to switch off and and watch a movie and you know relax how hard is it to switch off though because i would imagine if you're just constantly looking for answers it kind of stuff that would keep you awake at night yeah i mean it's it's pretty I find it quite easy to switch off when I when I get back home uh, after race weekend. But you know, recently, you know, I've I've, I've had to uh, try and sort out my future uh, for next year, and it's it's so that takes a lot of my time. So right now, those last month or two have been pretty intense. You know, there's a lot of uh, always on the phone and emails and you know uh, speaking about this uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to having my future sorted and you know so I can just sort of relax a little bit again 
So what's your gut feeling? When do you think you'll make a decision? I think um, it should be within this within November. I hope that I will have everything sorted and I can, you know, put my phone down, put the laptop down as well and uh, just sit back a little bit. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good to get it done before Christmas, definitely. In the Pink and Bows want to support you in whatever way we can during these uncertain and constantly evolving times. So we're giving away more noise-cancelling headphones to bring some added calm to your life. To win the headphones, just tag in the three friends you're most looking forward to reconnecting with once lockdown is fully lifted. Always include the hashtag Bose, and those headphones could be yours. Good luck and stay connected. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it, when you think back, and I remember being in Australia at the time when you, you came second on your debut. I mean, you must have thought, this is beyond my wildest dreams and this is going to be the first of many podiums and it just doesn't seem right or fair that you know it could potentially be your only podium in formula one how do you look look back on um, on that race and actually those listening will know actually i kind of don't google it anyone listening now but who is the only person to better kevin's performance on a debut do you know kev i don't think there is any there's one driver back in the 60s. Oh, someone won. Yep. Hey, and really? I thought you loved, I thought you were a bit of a history nose. I thought you loved your... Yeah, I, I, honestly, I did not know I am. But um, oh. I did not know anyone had better than. Okay, I'll tell somebody you... Somebody won that debut. Yeah, I'll tell you the answer at the end of the podcast. So that it gives okay. us a chance to go and like work out their answers. They've got to be honest oh. with themselves. Though. They're not allowed to Google it. Um <laughs> But I just remember, I remember interviewing you after that race and you were just buzzing. I mean, that was just, that was bonkers, wasn't it? It was, you know, it's, it's like you dream of something your, your whole life. And, I, you know, ever since I was a little kid, that was my dream. And, you know, it's not, it's not an easy thing to, to achieve. You know, getting to Formula One is very, very difficult. And I dedicated my whole life to that, you know, and all of my childhood, all my teenage years went, you know, towards that. And I invested all my time to achieve that goal. And then, you know, slowly, slowly you realize that it's, that it's going to happen. You know, you get a, I got a contract with McLaren. I got a, you know, test driver role with them. And then, you know, testing the car for the first time, then you, you know, you win that, I won that championship in World Series, which then enabled me, you know, gave me that seed in McLaren. And then you, you go to the first Stoffel, race. Meeting Stoffel Van Thorn in the process. Yeah. You know, yeah. Can't, what's no mean feat. Yeah, sorry, carry on. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, slowly it just starts happening. And, and eventually, yeah, I was at that first race. And I remember being on the grid in Australia for my first race. And I, I didn't feel any nerves. And I was like, this is weird. You know, I've, I've now come to the, like, it's, this is my highlight in my life. And I feel no nerves. You know, I don't feel nervous at all. And I think that was just because my brain couldn't, you know, I couldn't process it. I don't think it, it didn't feel real. So I was, this, I was, I was there on the, on the grid and, you know, yeah, I was about to start my first Formula One race and I was in P4 and I'm racing with McLaren. And, you know, it was, it was just too much for my brain to really uh, work out. And then, you know, it, it worked out for me because I didn't feel any nerves and had a had a good race and finished third on the road and got promoted to second. And, uh, yeah, it was just too much for my brain to really, you know, 
function. Do you know what though? Maybe that that's the answer. Maybe we just all overthink things too much. And that is the kind of paralysis by analysis. You know, we, if we, if we, if we absorb it too much, we turn it into nerves and or a negative energy potentially, perhaps because you just sort of let it flow over you. It wasn't able to get a grip of you. I mean, yeah. in a way, was were you kind of thinking, why aren't I more nervous? I was, I was, I was almost getting nervous about not being nervous. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it's like you, you always want to feel some sort of, uh, some sort of little nerve because it, it kind of just keeps you sharp. Yeah. And, you know, then you're ready and all your, your whole body is fired up for, for what you're about to do. And when I was there, I was just, I felt, I felt a little bit too relaxed and I was wondering whether I would be sharp enough, you know, if I was in the right sort of place of, of mind. But, um, you know, I was, I had a very good race and it helped me, you know, I was just able to focus and not mess up because you could easily imagine a young guy like, like I was, you know, in my first race with McLaren and everything, it was just so much uh, that you could become too nervy. Um, so I, was, I think I, I had, even, even though I felt weird about not feeling anything, I probably it was a good thing. Yeah, it feels, yeah, I... I don't know. I feel like the, there's there's positives that listeners can take from this also going into lockdown because I think there's a lot of anxiety and nerves around at the moment. This sort of fear of the unknown, overanalyzing, not having enough information and, and coming to your own conclusions about stuff. Like what advice do you think? I don't know. It's a big ask. I'm not expecting you to be the nation's therapist, but what <laughs> what would you what would you say? Because you do seem to have a very kind of level calm head on your shoulders what would you say to people that are listening that are perhaps um feeling the future is a bit bleak at the moment yeah i would say you even though you say i seem like a level-headed uh, guy which i think i am but i also feel that the world is in a bit of a tricky state right now and it's especially because we can't socialize which is like you know humans need to be socializing it's like the most important thing for for a human being to be able to be around people that we um care about and and love and that's being stopped right now so it, it doesn't get much worse than this i think and uh, of course it could be worse we could all be we could all be ill and we could all be you know uh, there's a lot of things that could be worse and and i think you know, I think this is going to be, I don't know what, you know, I don't know anything about it, but I just have a very strong feeling that we'll get over this and that, you know, it will come back to normal. And even if it's going to take a year, or it certainly took a year already, almost, uh, but even if it's going to take two, it's still going to, you know, there's still going to be a lot of life left to enjoy. And uh, and I think probably we will, we will have learned a lot of things from this time as well. Certainly for myself, I've, I've realized, you know, I've kind of felt very, uh, very much what my, what my true values are in life. And I think I've, I've, I've feared being super bored and not knowing what to do with myself in these lockdown periods, especially in the first one. But I've, I realized what, you know, what a blessing it is to be able to sit in a house, you know, with a roof over your head, you have a bed. You, you know, you have your, my wife, I have my wife around me and, and, you know, just, you, you have a lot of time to think about the things that you do have 
even if it's a lockdown or you know a, a, a crazy situation, there's a lot of good things. And if you have family and friends and a good health, then you're already very, very privileged. Mm. It's so true. It's so true. It is. Um, it does give you the opportunity to be very grateful, doesn't it? Um, yeah. I, I read a, a sweet thing actually on um, on Instagram yesterday that said, we're not all in the same boat, but we are all in the same storm. So support each other. Don't judge. Be kind. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think one of the things about this pandemic is it is a real leveller. And so for for fans of the sport, fans of yours, to hear someone like you who they will look up to say, look, you know, I feel the same as you. I'm just a human. And they can kind of take some strength from that. So that's that's really nice. Um, I tell you, something else I heard about you was that you were a big fan of Sterling Moss. And we haven't had a proper chat since his passing earlier this year. Tell us about your, your admiration and respect and love of him and for the history of the sport. You know, where does that come from? Because you're not just about jumping in a car and racing yourself. You do have a real appreciation for the, for the history of Formula One and all manner of motorsport, don't you? Yeah, I do. And, and you know, with, with, with Sterling, I, I, I had the chance to meet him Um I, you know, I'm very good friends with Matt Bishop from, from McLaren. He was the comms director at McLaren when I raced there. And, you know, I became very close friends with him. And then one day I was, I was reading about Sterling and, you know, watching videos from, from his time racing. And, you know, I just felt he's, you know, such a cool guy. And, and I texted Matt and I said, um, can, uh, can you get me his autograph? Do you think? Because I, I know that he, I knew that he know that he knows, Sterling and then you know I asked him for, for, for his autograph and you know an hour or so later Mac, Matt texted me back and said uh, why don't we just go uh, and visit him go for lunch at his home so I was like yeah of course that would be amazing and and we went and had lunch I spent you know two or three hours um, in, in him and uh, Susie's home and um yeah, it was just amazing, you know, to sit and hear all his stories. And um, I could really feel the same passion that I have, you know, it, that that uh, so pure passion for, for racing and, you know, going fast and pushing the limits. And, and you know, he, he was a real racing driver in, in, my, in my eyes. And just back then, you know, it wasn't at all the same as it is now. You know, they back then they were a bunch of guys that got together a little race team and traveled the world and and did all sorts of races. Not only Formula One, they were doing hill climbs and rallying and you know endurance racing and you know they were doing everything they could get their hands on. And not because it made them um, you know super rich or anything else. They they did it because they were they couldn't help it. They had to. You know, so it it was only passion that drove them back then and uh, yeah I, such, I feel so lucky to have met this this guy you know it's such a legend that actually sounds like your ideal life what you just described <laughs> yeah yeah I think I would if I had one wish I would say you know that I if I could be born 30 years or even 40 years earlier that would have been maybe even 50 <laughs> really you yeah like it was just you and in a different era yeah if I could if I could have 
been my age right now in the 70s probably I, I, I don't know maybe I think you know in, in Sterling's time in the in the 50s and 60s it was pretty cool as well but um, I think it would have been very good in the in the 70s I think with those big muscle cars that still had some downforce but you know in the early stage of the aero uh, era so what about driving his cars at Goodwood that would be the ultimate wouldn't it Oh, absolutely. I would love that. So if anyone needs a driver for one of Sterling's cars at Goodwood, give me a call. (laughs) That's so good. Kev, it's so lovely to talk to you. And look, I really hope that there's some good news about your future really soon because you deserve it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. No worries. Thank you. Um, Can I just do one quick thing at the end? I'll just clip up a little thing of quick fire round that I put on Instagram to direct people to the podcast. That would be great. Yeah. Um, right, let's think of some quick questions for you then. So I'll ask you what your first car was. Yep. Um, the greatest F1 driver of all time. I think I know the answer. <laughs> um, and then what else? Some Maybe something we don't know about you. Can you think of something completely random? Oh. Um, are you a good cook? Can you cook anything? Are you good at music or... Your favorite, yeah, your favorite band or your something random, something totally like another sport maybe or. Um... I don't know. It's always difficult. It's, tell tell me of something that people don't know about you. Uh, I sleepwalk every night. You sleepwalk. I sleepwalk. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Don't say that. <laughs> say that. Amazing. Yes. That that sign of intelligence, you know that, don't you? Is it? That's good. I don't know. I've had so many of those studies with the things all over my brain. Oh, you do? Oh, my God. I've had everything. Why? Because you're worried about it? Well, just because it was happening like every night and it's it's so disruptive. But I was in, um, in, when we went to the um, Austin Grand Prix, I slept, walked and evacuated the hotel. (laughs) Really? You'd left the hotel? No, so I went down and I told them there was a flood on my floor. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And I did, That's and I, pretty extreme. Yeah, and I did it in... Um, I went to watch Manchester United play with my dad once. This is years ago. I took my dad for his birthday. Stayed up in Manchester and I woke up on all fours in the corridor in just a T-shirt, crawling down the corridor and all the football fans were coming up the corridor. I mean, honestly, Shit. I've done like 20 things like that. <laughs> I am completely mad in my sleep. Like it's, wow. yeah. So okay, okay, I, I can't beat that. I'm not that no, bad. <laughs> no, 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 but that's a brilliant one. You can say you sleep well. That's brilliant. Okay, perfect. Yeah, cool. And then, and then at the end of it, you say, I'll say to you, if people want to know more about you, what do they do? And you say, listen to In The Pink podcast. Okay. Is that okay? Okay, cool. Yeah. Kev, what was your first car? My first car was a Fiat Cinquecento. Who's the greatest <laughs> Formula One driver of all time? In my mind, it's uh, Sterling Moss. I would say Sterling Moss, even though my dad was a Formula One driver, and I think he was pretty great as well. Tell us something we don't already know about you. That's a tricky one, isn't it? But um, I sleepwalk. I, I'm a pretty bad sleepwalker, and... Uh, Recently, my wife had to wake me up because I was uh, crawling out the window 
uh, and we live on the second floor in, in the building, so that would have been pretty bad. Ooh, all the best people are, Kev, I see walk too. And if people uh, want to know too. more about you, what do they do? I think they should go and listen to In The Pink podcast. Woo-hoo! Love it. Thank you so much. See you really soon, I hope. Um, Thank you. Uh, well, look, fingers crossed, I'll see you in ba- at Bahrain 2 in Abu Dhabi. Thank you so much, K-Mag. What a lovely chat. What a great bloke. And I'm sure and I hope that your future plans start shaping up nicely very soon because you absolutely deserve it. With all that determination, passion and, of course, skill at just 28 years old, I'm sure that the future is very bright for our Danish friend. Okay, loads more great guests on the way on In The Pink, including Kevin's teammate, Roman Grosjean. He's coming on very soon. And Nicholas Latifi. So plenty more friends from Formula One. And a big shout out to our friends at Bose because they've been great supporters and champions of this podcast. And they've given you, lucky lot, the chance to win some more headphones. So stay tuned as to how you can do that. But until next time, stay safe. Send me loads of messages. Let me know who else you want to hear from. And stay healthy. Look forward to chatting very soon here on In The Pink. Bye for now. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.